Magnificent. Thank you all for leading us in this time of joy, of of actively just exalting the God uh, for his goodness and his beauty and his mercy. So thank you. Thank you all uh, for that uh, that gift. Um, I, I find it uh, really one of uh, God's uh, humorous actions this week in that uh, charged with uh, preaching and coming together with a sermon on joy. And then on Monday night, coming down with the flu and having it all week long. Thought, now, there's, there's a way to say, how do you bring joy out of and through the flu? Um, well, if nothing more, I got a good chuckle out of it myself this week. And we'll take a look at uh, one particularly who finds joy in the midst of life really going into chaos as we look at uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and uh, her response of joy as she realizes the absolute marvelous gift that she's been given to carry in her womb the very Savior of the world. Let's... uh, Um, pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks again for this day. Uh, We come before you in the fullness of joy, of your beauty, of your wonder, of your love, and your joy. Give us the capacity to hear from you and experience your joy. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so we're in Luke um, chapter um, 1, and we're starting verse 46. It's found on page 831 in your pew Bible, and this is uh, Mary's song. Uh, Often you'll hear it called the Magnificat, Um, and uh, she is responding to the the wondrous joy of... uh, having Jesus in her womb and the utter chaos now that her life uh, will experience um, because of that, but also the, the joy that she will experience and the joy for the world as we sing regularly. Luke chapter 1, starting verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices In God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
So let's walk through this uh, song of, of Mary here and, and how it relates to our joy as well as we can parallel um, uh, with her. Uh, first, just note, you know, her, her initial uh, reaction here then in song is to rejoice in God. To My soul magnifies the Lord. I rejoice in God who is my Savior. The first two verses. And she shares why. Because you have blessed me. You have done great things for me. I mean, this position... That she now has as the, the, the mother of God the Son. The, the carrier of the Savior of the world is not something she applied for. It's not something that uh, she trained for. Probably didn't even pray for it. She was the object of God's good choice. It was just what she received because of God's blessing. And she recognizes she has been chosen and she has been blessed. And so she rejoices. She didn't initiate this or even cause it to happen. Now then, she did respond. She did receive and did continue on with the blessings she has received. But she recognized that she is now part of, an essential part of, God's rescue plan for the entire world. Brothers and sisters, if you are in Christ Jesus, if Jesus is the leader of your life, the one who has rescued you from the judgment of God, the one who has saved you from death and has now united you with your creator, then you too are chosen. You are blessed. And you can respond with the same joy that Mary responds to God in Jesus because God has chosen you to be a part of his rescue plan for the world. You may have a different function than Mary, but the same basic point. Rejoice. Celebrate in every day because you are chosen to participate in God's loving plan to rescue and transform the world. And that can't be taken away from you. That is eternal and secure. It will not fade, it will not weaken, it will not rot or rust. It will not lose value, it will not crash, it will not flame out. It will not spoil or melt or disappoint. It will not dissolve or shrink or relocate. It will not forget or die or even lose interest. God's choice of you is permanent with a capital P. And when your joy is in God's choice of you, then your joy is secure. Take for a moment, just think for a little bit of all the other things we base our joy upon. 
anything of this world, anything of our own achievement, of our own capacities. Let me tell you, Monday afternoon, I was thinking I was hot stuff. By Monday night, any joy of anything of living was gone. And it can be much more substantial than that, as we all know. Our joy can be in good things, relationships, but those can end in a moment because of brokenness or tragedy. It can be in in our health. It can be in our accomplishments. It can be in the stock market. And we saw what that did this week. But our joy that comes because of God's choice of us to know Him, to be with Him, and to participate in His rescue plan in the world is permanent. That's what Mary realizes and what we realize. That our joy is secure because it's based on God's love for us. Secondly, we see Mary goes on here that we see that her joy is because it is tied to the justice that God will bring. I mean, she goes on for quite a little bit there that he's going to bring, take the lowly and lift them up. He's going to take those that are high and bring them down. He's going to make just the injustices of our world. And in Mary's day, those were regularly experienced by Mary and people like her. As the the, the Jews were an oppressed people living under Roman rule without any say, heavily taxed so that the Roman government could live in its opulence and so that the people were kept poor, dependent, but just happy enough to not rebel. That was the system that Mary lived in. Now Jesus brings a joy, not just that's spiritual, but that's real. He's going to bring justice. And we can rejoice in that. Even as she was in the midst of that, the victim of that injustice. It is, there's concrete things that Jesus will do, has done, and has done to bring justice in our day. One story this, this week was particularly powerful and joyous, at least to me, um, is, uh, in the paper this week, uh, of Tyra Patterson. I don't know if any of you read that. It was just last year that she was released from jail. After serving 23 years for a crime she didn't commit. She was from Cleveland. She was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Hanging out with with a group of folks that uh, weren't doing good things. But she was brought in to and charged with murder. Coerced in order to get a confession from her at the age of 19. And has been in jail until last Christmas for 23 years. Yet as she got out and as she spent this last year, 
She shared in her story that she was not responding out of bitterness, out of anger, but she was been transformed. She realized her release was because of God's choice of her to release her and many other people who participated in her release. And that had given her joy. She spent the last year going around to different school groups and working with different agencies to continue to pursue justice now. She shares that many people leveraged their privilege and position to secure my release. Now I want to leverage my privilege and position to prevent this from happening again and to continue to pursue a just system in our jails and in our courts and in our schools and to motivate and inspire children in similar situations of mine to make wise choices. Uh, 23 years behind bars. Life taken from her. You got a right to be angry and bitter. But no, because she realizes she was chosen, her joy motivates her to pursue justice. A justice that Jesus will one day bring to fruition. As we, as followers of Jesus, chosen to, to be about His kingdom in this world... We too pursue that justice out of joy. Even for us, we, we tend to focus a lot on children through interfaith hospitality network that cares for families that find themselves homeless. Or through WizKids and Treehouse in our local school over at Pleasant Hill. Or through Christ Community. We continue with joy to face the, the increasing childhood poverty in our city. It continues to, to increase. Even the last six or seven years, even during the economic upturn, yeah, up until this, what, August or so, you know, that went on for years, you know, where the uh, economy increased, jobs increased, and uh, unemployment went down. Did you know childhood poverty in our city continued to stay the same or even inch up? But in joy, we continue to pursue what is just. Like Mary and like Tyra, we are chosen because of God's love and God's power to bring about what is good and right and true. We are filled with joy because of God's choice. We are filled with joy because of God's justice. And then finally, in the the end, Mary brings home that she rejoices because God will fulfill his promises. Verse 54 and 55. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Now that, that promise we also read in Zephaniah. If you can pull what we uh, read in Zephaniah from the um, during the Advent um, lighting, the Advent wreath lighting. Zephaniah 
We see in that passage, there's actually eight different words that are around the theme of joy. You know, sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. And it continues on a few verses later. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. These are the, the promises that God makes through the words of Zephaniah that this, this day will come. We're to join in shouting and rejoicing and exulting. But it, did you see in Zephaniah, the, the key point here is not our joy, our command to rejoice, but it's the fact that God rejoices. That this is the ultimate basis of our joy. We, we join with God who rejoices over us. Just harken back to our, our, our singing and playing here. And, and did, did, you, did you have for a moment a sense that God was rejoicing as we were singing? Of our own joy. Now God doesn't have a foot. But the the Bible talks about the strong arm of God. right? God doesn't have an arm. But you get the metaphor there. So you'll forgive me just for a moment to think. Did you think and consider that God was there. Tapping his foot. As we were singing and playing. Rejoicing over you. And you. And you. You and you and you. Ever stop to realize, let it sink in that because Jesus has come, because Christmas is real, because of his life and his death and the power of his resurrection that has destroyed death, that has totally satisfied the very judgment of God, that has washed us totally clean of every virus of sin, that we are made righteous because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, that God, in His scandalous grace, rejoices and dances And sings over you. When we rejoice. We're simply joining with God's joy. We are invited to join with him. In celebrating his glorious love. His scandalous grace. And his powerful justice. It's an invitation 
to join in the active celebration of God's joy over us. Now, this is a silly, in every way, um, illustration. But it's sort of like a laugh track. You know, you know, laugh tracks and TVs and movies and those kind of things. Those are there for a purpose because laughter is contagious. Uh, actually, it was just last month. Uh, I was with uh, my family and I were at Brink, the brewery up the street, and they have a comedy night, which we didn't know about till we got there. And it was comedy night that night. But we were over in the corner sort of doing, doing our thing, and there was a guy emceeing comedy night, and they had different comedians up come up for seven or eight minutes. And the guy that was emceeing, after he would introduce them, he would go to the back of the room. And there he would laugh loudly at every single joke. Yeah, it didn't matter. Often he was the only person doing it. And it was obvious. Everybody knew what he was doing. But didn't stop him. Because he knew that that's what it took. Somebody had to laugh first. And then others would join in. Even if it was just a little polite laugh. It's not your job to initiate joy. It's not my job to initiate joy. It's my job, our call, to listen for God's laughter, for God's joy over each one of us, over the work of Jesus, over the wonder and beauty of His creation. Over the the scandalous grace that cleanses us from sin and evil, the work of the devil, the work of our own selfishness, and the mess and grossness of our world. It's God's joy that initiates joy in you and in me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the gift of Christmas. That God always rejoices because Jesus has cleansed us, wiped away our sin, satisfied the very judgment and wrath of God, and made us perfectly pure before God. God rejoices over us. God rejoices over the church. And we rejoice with Him. May we join in God's active celebration of his wondrous work. In the name of Jesus, amen.